I started thinking, I'm like, why are these, the, probably some of the wisest men who ever lived, why did they repeatedly say that they're still learning or they know nothing? I'm like, it, it can't just be they're trying to be modest. There has to be a deeper reason. There has to be a deeper meaning. Welcome back to the Lucas Scrobot Show. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. We are in part two of a two-part interview episode with Mustafa Abbas, who is just, I mean, a man's man, a, a hero of my men, a deep well of wisdom. We have been just talking from, from his accomplishments in film to businesses that he started. And now we're getting into the deep stuff that I really like, I really love talking about, which is we've been talking about God and fate fatalism, our responsibility. Mustafa, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored by your words and for having me. Thank you very much. Now, I I said at the end of the last episode that I feel in so many ways cheated, cheated by every other interview that you have been on. Because when I look through your, your Instagram, time and time again, I see that you are interested in philosophy. And I wanted to take a minute and talk about your hero. Is It seems like it's not just a flippant hero. It's not just today on Instagram, I really like this author. But it seems like it's someone that has had a profound impact on your life. So tell us, spill the beans, who is your hero? Very easy. Very easy. And I, I would rather you say it, to be honest. No, 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 no. I, I, want, it, I want it to come from your mouth. <laughs> Um, my favorite philosopher is Ralph Waldo Emerson. Why? What, what about his writings and when did his writings really kind of grab hold of you? Um, look, it wasn't one or two or three quotes. It was, um, took a few years actually until I kept reading different Mm. quotes, different ideas he had until, I formed this opinion of this man who I believe understood the way of the world, understood human nature, understood relationships, understood marriage, understood friendship, Mm. understood his relationship with God. This is what I genuinely believe, that this man saw that, okay, this world, this, this existence, it has a formula. And I think this human being understood that formula and, uh, shared whatever he learned with us in a, in a very genuine manner, you know, not for, not for uh, followers or likes, you know? (laughs) Uh, So that to me is what, what it means to make the world a better place. Mm. And I think in in many ways, um, after finding that out, I, I began to see in in different things that you do, whether it's in your film or in your business uh, or the way that you, the philosophy that you walk out life, I, I can see that, his philosophy is really reflected in many things that you do. Here is one of Emerson's quote. He said, it's not the length, but the depth of life. It's not the length, but the depth of life. And you have said, you know, I, I don't want to create a hundred films. I want to create 10 really deep feature films, 10 pieces of, of art that are is meaningful. It's not the length, but the depth. Um, Another thing, here's a quote. 
this is actually a quote by you, but it could have been a quote by Emerson. I don't know. It says, <laughs> if you break the law, you will pay the price. And many don't realize that the universe has laws too. And that really reflects yeah. a lot of Emerson's writing and talking about mm. rugged individualism, talking about how so many that society wants to put us into this conforming box. Society wants us to conform to the status quo, but it's a man who walks in truth and integrity and honesty and has the strength to think what you think in spite of what the world around them, them thinks. Um, that is something that is rare, and yet that is something that I see you walking out on a daily basis um, through your films, something that you're aspiring to through your your businesses. So can you unpack some of that process that you have gone on from, I'm sure, in adolescence, just holding on to what everyone else thought to, to the place where you're saying, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to search it out for myself and I'm going to walk out my individual identity in the midst of a culture that is really communal. Uh, well, again, it, you know, it goes back to being completely, as you said, true and honest with yourself. And the more you know mm. about yourself, the more you can improve. The more you learn about yourself, the more you can improve. The more you learn about your business, the more you can improve your business. The more you learn about the dynamics of the relationship you're in, the more you can improve the relationship. Um, first of all, nobody has it easy, right? Nobody has it easy. So it, it's up to you to, you know, re rewire the brain or relearn the lesson or, you know, uh, unscrew yourself, as they say. Uh, there's another... A Greek philosopher that I'm a big fan of, very, very big fan of. His name is Epictetus. Mm. And he said, I, I might be paraphrasing here, but he said something like, uh, it is impossible for a man to learn which he thinks he already knows. Oof. <laughs> Say so that again. Like, Say that again. Say it again. Okay. All right. Again, I'm, I'm hoping the words are accurate, but that's, I'm pretty sure that the meaning is, is the same. It is impossible for a man to learn which he thinks he already knows, something which he thinks he already knows. Such a good word. Um, and it's very interesting because smart people always want to learn. They always want to listen to you. They always want to learn. They always want to hear what you have to say. And this is something that, Lucas, something that makes you very intelligent. You want to listen. You want to learn. You want to grow. That's why you're a smart man. Thank you. Because you want to continue growing. You want to continue learning. Whereas a person who doesn't have that level of intelligence, uh, they'll have more ego. You see, that's why wisdom is connected to intelligence. Mm. You can be intelligent and not be nice. It's possible. Uh, you can be nice and not be smart. Also possible. But you cannot be wise and not be kind. Impossible. Wow. Right? So when you meet someone who has what we call a uh, fixed or yeah, fixed mindset, they tell you, don't teach me. I, I know already. I don't need to learn. Don't teach me. But the, the wise man knows that, one, you'll never be wise. The mm. wise man knows that he or she mm. will never be wise. Mm. And they know that there is something to be learned from everyone, even if that lesson is what not to do, how not to be, how not to behave. There's something to be learned from everyone. And if you don't, you'll miss one or two of those lessons we talked about. Absolutely. I mean, the, the beginning of wisdom is 
is get wisdom, right? The beginning of wisdom is like, get wisdom. Do not have a, a stiff neck. Otherwise, you know, don't be, be stubborn in your ways. Otherwise, you're going to come and you're going to smack against that wall and it's going to be painful. I, I love that bit about humility. Like we, we need to walk in humility because it's that humility that enables us to receive wisdom, not only from this conversation with you, but from God, right? It goes back to the, the last part of our conversation where there's so many people who are going through life God is giving them signs and they're literally plowing through the signs without even tapping their brakes, just like literally going through road barriers and roadblocks and experiencing so much pain. And then, as you said, they're saying, why does this always happen to me? Why, why does, and they don't realize that maybe God is giving them a sign right now to wake up in their life and do something about it. And I, so I yeah. think that is this huge. If you think that you know something, well, you know, that's the moment that you've, you've just lost it. The moment that you think that you've arrived. What, what are some of the other, I mean, the other things of Emerson that really, really stuck into you? Well, um, going back to other people who said things, other philosophers, other writers, I, I saw this pattern in many of them, Right. Like uh, one thing which Epictetus said, and then you had, uh, I think it was Aristotle. He said something very similar. Uh, I can only know that I know nothing. Mm. And then you had uh, Leo Tolstoy, right? Russian writer. Um, Let me get this right. He said, he said uh, something like, we can only know that we know nothing. And that is the highest degree of human wisdom. So when I saw all these giants saying these things, and you had Michelangelo at age 88 saying, I am still learning. Mm. When you had all these, I started thinking, I'm like, why are these, probably some of the wisest men who ever lived, why did they repeatedly say that they're still learning or they know nothing? I'm like, it, it can't just be they're trying to be modest. There has to be a deeper reason. There has to be a deeper meaning to why they're continuously saying that. And then in my opinion, I saw that the less you think you know, the more you learn. And that's why they learned so much. That's why they know so much. Is because they kept telling themselves, I will never master it. Mm. I'll never be the expert. But it's important to not say that to yourself in a, in a negative way. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're not judging yourself. You're not angry at yourself. You're saying it because you love learning. And that's the power of intention. Mm. Yeah. It seems like, you know, just even now as I'm reflecting on some of these quotes and how you put it in the context of it's not that they're actually saying that they know nothing, but they realize that the amount that they know is nothing in comparison to the vastness of of God and the galaxies and the knowledge that there is in the world. Um, and I think, and I don't, I don't necessarily think you're saying this, I, this is more kind of my reflection from a lot of conversations that I've had um, with others and just conversations right now in, in the world. A lot of people will, will take those sayings to, to mean that there is no truth, 
that truth is not knowable. There is no such thing as absolute truth, which is a contradiction in and of itself. If you say there is no truth, well, you just made an absolute truth statement and therefore you just self-contradict yourself. So clearly there, there is truth, but it's not black and white and static, but it's living and breathing. It, it, it is, it, it doesn't change. It's unchanging, but it's alive. And I think part of that is these men, they're not saying there is no truth. Everything's just relative, you know, whatever, whatever you feel like you should do, you know, that's good for you. Like, just as long as it doesn't in, impact me. It's like, I don't think that's what they're saying, but I think the way you articulated it, it's so beautiful and so right in that they're saying, oh my goodness, the more that I come to know and learn, the wiser that I become, the more childlike I become, the more that I realize that there is so much to learn and I don't know it. In my, in my finite humanness, how can I ever lift up my gaze and attain to the the infinitiness, the 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 infiniteness? I can't even speak of God, right? <laughs> like, how can I? I'm, yeah. I'm I'm an infinite. I'm a finite being. How can I attain what the infinite has? Um, and I think that's just a a, a beautiful way to live life. One, because it's a place of of humility, but two, it puts you in that place of surrender. It puts you in this place of dependency on God, as you've talked about, how it's the grace of God on your life, how it's how there is fate and that we're not necessarily always the masters of our own ship, but we have a shepherd who takes care of us. We have a God that watches over us and cares for us and leads us and guides us and gives us signs and answers our prayers. And I think that is something that I personally, that I rest in, the more that I realize that... <clears throat> I'm actually just know nothing and I'm powerless, but there is one who is all powerful, who's watching over me. Um, that is where I find a, a, that place of rest and peace in my life. Beautiful. Well, amazingly said. Well, I, I'm, I'm just, you, you brought me to say it. So, I mean, it just the way that you put those things together, it just really clicked something in no, I think, uh, my heart. I think when they, you know, they, they, the more they said stuff like that, you know, the, the more room was created for knowledge. Yes. Uh, and, and because it, it was so genuine and you can see it was so genuine. It wasn't like, you know, what's going on in this day and age about a lot of these, you know, new age philosophers coming out and, you know, some of them are wonderful, but others are just, you know what they're in for you. That's what I mean. You know, you can, you can see the intention. You can see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very genuine and a lot of them, not so much. But that's that's life, you know? It's like that. Or is, uh, quantity versus quality. Yes. Always the case. Quality versus quantity, margin, space, mm-hmm. stillness, humility. Um, yeah. Now, your, your next film, I know you're working, I've heard rumors that you're working on another film are you planning on incorporating kind of a lot of these your you already have incorporated in your past shorts but are you are you working towards a feature length film and are you going to be tying in a lot of kind of those memento kind of ph- philosophical layerings in it I mean look the most important thing is to be true to the story 
That's the most important thing. Uh, in the in the writing, in the casting, in the filming, you don't want to do something for the sake of doing it. Mm. So if that fits, absolutely. If what's, that doesn't fit, make sure not to force fit it. What's the story? The next one, well, uh, so the funny thing is I've, I've already written all my scripts, right? Years and years ago. Most of them, like, I mean, the long game, which we recently made, was probably one of the last scripts I wrote, which was in 2016, right? So most of my feature films, most of them I've, I've written. Mm. Um, so the next one's going to be in Arabic. It's a psychological thriller. And it's uh, quite dark and uh, quite mysterious. And uh, for the, again, for the thinking person. When can we expect it? Person, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see because, you know, with uh, the pandemic kind of delayed everything. But, mm. but as we said earlier, every delay is a blessing. Yes, so, it is. So let's see how that plays out. And uh, it's exciting. It's very exciting because it's going to be in Arabic. So that's going to be very exciting. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm very excited yeah. for it. Where can where can people find you? Not just on the inter interwebs, but in mm. person in Dubai. Where can people find you? They can find me, uh, well, I know one more place they can find me online now. It's a Lucas Crowbot show. They yeah. can find me there. <laughs> Good answer. You know? Yeah. Um, but I would love your opinion. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time and watching Sunset State and The Long Game. Yes. Um, I do want to hear your opinion of uh, the similarities, if you saw any, between those two films. Uh, or the differences or any comparison you may have. Between Sunset State um, and the long game, yeah. I saw in both, I saw there were two storylines that intersected and intertwined. Um, both had a very similar mood and feel to them. Um, of course, long game had a, both had some dark aspects. Long game was kind of more geared towards, had, had more crime and violence in it. Um, Whereas Sunset State really dealt with some kind of deeper emotional, you know, topics, even suicide, um, some moving kind of scenes in there that was was really graphic, not graphic in a in a negative kind of graphic way, but the way that you displayed um, his emotions. I, I, for, I forgot the character's name, um, but it just felt it felt real, you know, him seeing his, his, his mother pass as a young child, his mm. father pass. And then, and then him just at the brink, at the edge, um, that felt really genuine. Um, and then as that contrasted with the long game, I feel like the, the mood and the, your use of space and silence, I felt like that really interplayed. And then also dealing with loss, dealing with death, and how do people then react in the face of having lost something and wanting something? Um, and so I think you, you, in both of those films, really teased out those themes in a really unique way, especially with bringing those two storylines together and essentially you know, two people walking into each other and what happens. Thank you. Very, very nicely described. Uh, you clearly paid a lot of attention to to both films. Um, and yeah, thank you. 
thank you for taking the time and watching them. Yeah, absolutely. What if what would be your answer? What would be the right answer to that question? What were from the sunset state compared to the long game? What were some of those those things that you were teasing out in both and hope the audience would would see? Well, the interesting thing is, uh, I mean, since I was a kid, the type of movies that we were always interested in making it was always the crime genre, mm. right? There was always there was always a crime, criminals, you know, always that kind of, you know. Um, so in many ways, Sunset State was a bit, I'm not going to say experimental, but kind of new, you know? So then I'm like, and it's important for you to know what you can do and what you can't do. But at the same time, you also need to try different things. So you need to find your own unique balance within those two things, what not to do, what to try. And, uh, without being swayed, unless you have this passion to do so. So Sunset State was, for me, the first of its kind that I've made. So I call it my type B movie mm. or type 2, whereas type A is, is the dark, shadowy crime film. And Sunset State is also dark, but it's more like, uh, you know, closer to, you know, closer to, the, to, a, to a different genre, away from the crime genre. Yeah. Different mood, different vibe. Yeah. So what inspired me to make The Long Game was, I was like, what if I make this movie with this mood? Huh. You know? That kind of gave me that spark. Like, ah, interesting. Even the, the, the working title wasn't The Long Game. That came with what was your working redrafting title? and redrafting. I think we'll stick to The Long Game for now because I think, you know, it, it really goes with the film. Yeah. You know, it really goes with... with and if you look at the title and you look at the characters, it applies to every single character in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, with the long game, what I was very grateful uh, for is that uh, the thinking person enjoyed it. Yeah. The person who wanted to sit and dissect and understand, they enjoyed it. And a person who, who didn't want to think so much and just saw a cool crime thriller also enjoyed it. Now, that's, that's not necessarily something you can plan. You know what I mean? And uh, there are some things that while you're filming, it just happens and you're like, that's, that's so interesting. How did that happen? You know, when you, have, when you have all that passion and you create something, things just happen. Uh, for example, um, you'll notice that it's a sunny sunset type of film and then it gets darker. But bear in mind, it's a daytime movie. Mm -hmm. Most of the scenes are in morning. Yep. But it does, the last 10, 15 minutes get dark. And yep. uh, there's a lot of things that happen by themselves. It's very interesting. So, yeah, that's what kind of gave it the, the spark. But the movie has a lot of, uh, there's a lot of karma in the movie. You know, if you pay attention to some of the weapons and how they go from this person to that person, or some of the locations and how things, people or subjects are moved back into certain locations, uh, then you'll see like, okay, this is what happened to this person and now it's happening to that person. Yeah, it was very much a... Yeah. But you'll, maybe... You'll reap what you sow kind of going on. What goes around, comes sorry? around. It was very much a what uh, goes around, comes around. Yeah, but I like to believe not in a very obvious way. It's right. there for those who want to notice it. You know? Totally, totally. It was it was subtly written in it. When, when are you planning on coming full out with the film so that you know, the average person can actually get their fingers on it. 
Well, I think when this uh, pandemic ends, inshallah, and everyone is safe and sound, we, we definitely need to do some kind of uh, screening. Now, it, it will not be a public screening. It will be a private screening because it's still doing its rounds. It's still going to you know festivals and stuff. And you need to give that at least one year before it's uh, open to the public or posted online. So we, we definitely need to do this. And I'm guessing it would be sometime uh, early, mid next year. Okay. We would have to have a screening. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're looking forward to that. Hopefully it's a really big, really big screening um, that's private, but open to thousands because um, <laughs> what, what better way to, to screen it? Yeah. And where can people find uh, just you, your chivalry, 35 Burgundy, you know, where can people find all, all of your stuff? Well, with uh, Bang and Olufsen, our stores in Dubai Mall. It's in the Fashion Avenue of Dubai Mall. Uh, Chivalry Salon is located in uh, Southbridge One in downtown Dubai. And uh, Aficionados, which is the PR agency we founded earlier this year. We founded that to support local businesses, homegrown brands. Uh, anyone basically who started a business in Dubai needs some help. Um, so that, of course, we operated out of the head office, which is Legend Group office. And we're located in uh, Prime Tower in Business Bay. And uh, 35 Burgundy is a, it's an exclusive brand. And uh, it's got its own uh, little trick to it. Um, so sometimes uh, what we do is we, we have our clientele and then we add new clients to that list. And, you know, it's got its own little formula. I so love it. that's uh, it. Doesn't have a store as of yet. We don't know yet if we were we're gonna do one. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we created something very special with Thirty Five Burgundy, and it has it has yet to see its day. I think yet to kind of get that kind of spotlight. Even though we're very grateful for the clients we already have, uh, as I said, they're very exclusive. Mm. But. Uh, but let's see, you know, I, I feel like there's more to it, you know, going back to like, it's like writing, you're still listening, you're still trying to understand. So it's exciting. It's exciting. Still maturing. Well, all of those links will yes. be in the show note. Legend Group, just, you guys just put up a new website today. Um, so, mashaAllah. So we'll, all those, all those links to you, your, your, your content, your film, your Instagram, will all be in the show notes for the Sunset State. Amazing. Um, and so thank you so much for your time. Um, just really, really pleasurable conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you for having me. A wonderful conversation. Uh, well worth the wait. Yes. Took some time. But I'm very grateful for it. And thank you for your time. And thank you for your wisdom. Well, inshallah, we will see you soon as soon as this covid thing goes away <laughs> inshallah looking inshallah. forward to it stay safe talk to you soon that is all for our conversation with mustafa abbas and man what a conversation we went so deep and if you listen to this podcast at all you know that we love to go deep on this show when there's multiple things that we hit the first thing that we hit was story and story structure. And story structure is so important. We didn't get into the nitty gritty of story structure, but the thing that I want to highlight here is that oftentimes 
new writers or new creatives, they want to throw the structure out of the window. They want to say, I don't need that structure stuff. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to find my new way. I'm going to do it differently. And inevitably, they run into a lot of problems right off the bat. And oftentimes, we do that in our personal lives. We do that in our business. We say, I know that these are all the sound models. I know that these are all the sound disciplines. I know that this is the way that I should order my life. This is the way that I should eat. This is the way that I should work out. This is the way that I should search for wisdom and input and knowledge. But mm, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to throw story structure. I'm going to throw discipline to the wayside because I want my freedom. And that's what so much of, of this generation is looking for. We are looking for freedom. We're looking for the sense of freedom. But freedom does not come from being boundaryless. Freedom does not come from doing whatever you want and doing whatever makes you feel good. Freedom comes from knowing the restraints, knowing the boundary lines, knowing the structure that is going to serve our lives, knowing the structure that's going to serve a script. Like Abbas said, knowing the structure, knowing that Every page is one minute of film. Well, okay. So now that we know some structure, if we want to create a 30-minute film, we need 30 pages of script. These are just simple metaphors that can apply to our lives. Knowing the, the things that we want to do with our lives. Knowing the disciplines that would be required of us to reach that, whether it's in our health, whether that's in our finances, knowing that we need to spend less than we earn, knowing that we need to work out more than we sit on the couch and consume calories, empty calories, simple things, simple boundary lines. For me, I, you know, I'm an embarrassed, embarrassed to admit it. I'm not a super morning person. I'm not the person that, you know, 4 a.m. comes and I've already been up for an hour making coffee and doing whatever morning people do. I'm not a morning person, but I'm at a, a point in my life where I'm feeling this acute pain, if you will, of saying there are, there are things that I want to achieve in my life, things that I want to achieve through the show, books that I want to write, ideas that I want to cultivate and explore. If I am going to do that, then if that's the structure that I'm going, if that's the, the film I want to create, if I want to create that 30-minute film with my life, then what is the structure that I need to put into that on the front end in preparation, in work, so that I will actually be able to achieve that 30-minute film? Well, part of that has been for me of saying, you know what, I'm going to go to bed actually kind of annoyingly early, you know, going to bed at 9, 9.30. I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that at all. But I'm recognizing, and maybe this is really late in life, and maybe this is like a no-duh, like where have you been? Hello, earth, earth to Lucas. But recognizing, okay, I need to put these boundary lines in place. I need to become tighter in my schedule, more disciplined and more boundaried in my schedule if 
I want to achieve these things. This is what's required of me. And that is the, the, the first point that I think is really applicable to us from this conversation of realizing there are, as Mustafa has said, there are laws in nature. And if you break the laws, you will pay the cost. And it's not just from the government. There, it's a cause and effect of, of nature. And once we accept that, once we embrace that, and once we say, you know what? I actually do want freedom. I do want to feel freedom. And the way to do that is by living disciplined. If we chase freedom, we are going to end up in nihilism and depression and listing through life. But if we anchor our life in sound wisdom and discipline, those boundary lines gives us a focused energy to be able to create a rich life. And I'm not talking about finances, but I'm talking about having a rich marriage, having a rich relationship with our children, having a, a rich well of joy and knowledge and wisdom that we can pull from, endurance and perseverance and grit that we can pull from, that all requires discipline. And that discipline is what will launch us into that place of freedom. The second point that I, I really loved is when we got into talking about about philosophy, um, and Mustafa's ideas and, and and philosophy about God and luck and skill, um, fate versus our free will. I loved a lot of his articulation there, and it, it really struck a chord with me. Of, and we talk about that all the time on the show that you know God has written in the stars. Where's that sticker? Here's the sticker. God has written in the stars our destiny. When we, were, when we would be born, where would we live, the times and places that we should live. He's written it in the stars. But we have a responsibility to weave that with our daily choices. That there is a, there is a relationship, a co-laboring, a, 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 an empowerment from God and a grace from the divine on our life, and then we have to live and walk it out. We have to make decisions to put those disciplines into our life. We have to make those decisions when God speaks to us and gives us signs. We have to respond. Otherwise, as Mustafa said, we are going to end up saying, well, why me? Why does this always happen to me? And we're going to begin to play the victim. And then, as he also said, if we think that it's all about us, that it's always me that's the problem, Sometimes, most of the time it is. But if we become hard on ourselves and we think that it's all us and we become prideful and arrogant and we become self-deprecating martyrs, and you don't want that either. But there is this, this tension between the two of realizing that there is divine appointments, divine signs, fate is involved in each and every one of our lives, whether we know it, whether we believe it or not. As Mustafa said, 
It is every person. There is a grace of God on every person and a fate on every person's life. And at the same time, we have to step into it. And there is a, an ability to step into that because as Mustafa said, like God is giving us signs and we need to respond to those. I, I just love that. And then when we got into talking about in the second part of the, the interview about Emerson and talking about some of his ideas of living a deep life, not just a long life, not just a busy life, but a deep life. That is something that I have been increasingly focusing on, even in this, in this podcast, in my writing, in my study, in, in the work that I do. I am coming back time and time again to this question of saying, how can I live a deep life? How can I, this, in this podcast, how can I create a deep piece of of information, a deep piece of content for you so that you can draw from my well, right? So that you can draw from this conversation, from these, these experiences, from these writings, from this knowledge. How can I create something that's deep and valuable and meaningful, not just quick, fast, and noisy? Because there's a lot of quick, fast, and noisy in the world, but there is very little deep, meaningful and hard, hard work to pull out deep, ancient wisdom and riches. And that word wisdom reminds me of the very last thing that we talked about, which was that the more that we know, the less that we realize we actually know. That the, the realm of the infinite is so vast that once we begin to realize how little we actually know, it really is nothing. And once we come to that place, not of saying, well, there is no truth and truth is not knowable. You know me, you know the show, you know what we are about, what this tribe is about, about pursuing truth, pursuing it, not saying I have a corner on truth and I have it all figured out. We're not saying that we have the corner on truth or that we have it all figured out, but we're saying that we are ordering our lives in the pursuit of truth, in the pursuit of wisdom, in the pursuit of uncovering our purpose so that we can walk it out in our lives, not so that we can tell someone else what to do or how to live, but so that you and I can take responsibility for our life and actually own and shape our futures and the futures of those that we are responsible for those that have been placed around us, our sphere of influence to be a kind and wise and loving person to those around us, to be a well to those around us. And that's what I want for my life. I want my life to be a well for other people. So I hope this interview encouraged you. This has been just a, a fantastic interview. I, I loved the conversation. It just felt in so many ways so rich um just so rich to me and i hope it felt that way for you too i would love to hear any questions that you have from this episode or any other episode um if you have a question please whatsapp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero and if you ask a question and it gets played on the show i will send you some stickers 
and we got a bunch of stickers and I would be more than happy to say thank you for being part of this community to send you a bunch of awesome stickers that all tell stories, stories by which we can remember values and principles by which you and I desire to live and order our lives around. And that is one thing Mustafa also said is when you're going in business, when you're going after something in your life, do not let go of your values. And that is why I made these stickers so I can put them up and remember and not let go of values. I've said these values are important. These stories are important to remember. So please, you can either get some stickers or ask a question and win some stickers. That's all for this episode. Remember, you are a truth seeker who uncovers purpose. So go out and own your future. <laughs>